Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Twin Cities, it's time for Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello, everyone. This is John Ray. Welcome again to Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio. And I've got a great guest today. I'm, I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, Ronald Michelet. He's with Michelet and Associates. And also known as RJ, he gave me permission ahead of time to call him RJ because that's what his all all his friends uh, call him. So RJ, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, John. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. So tell us a little little bit about you and uh, your firm. How do you help folks out there? Well, I guess we can start with the fact that uh, I've got forty years of consulting. Uh, small businesses. Uh, And that includes being in business for myself, uh, having uh, been in the battlefield and having the scars to show it. So I, I guess that that qualifies me to be a consultant Mm. uh, and be able to advise people from the get-go when they start their company, when they try to grow their company, and even when they go public because we do have some success stories of startups that wind up going public. And uh, we have uh, several of those uh, varying in uh, disciplines. One is in the pet business and another one is in the uh, biotechnology business, stem cell research. And uh, I think that advice has been Uh, good advice because we've been able to finance these companies uh, again from the get-go through uh, bridge lending uh, all the way to the fact that they survive and move forward into the the professional area, which is going public. Hmm. Now, uh, RJ, if you can, uh, there's a lot of talk about learning. I, I'm struck by what you said about uh, you've got the scars, uh, you, you know, which is a nice way of, of or, or one way of saying the experience that you've got. Uh, that's tremendous. Um, talk about maybe w- one or two of the biggest lessons you have from those scars, if you will, uh, that you're able to pass on to those you work with. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you bring that up. We're introducing uh, onto our website two new synergy partners who are in the psychological testing discipline. Mm. And I am a firm believer in the right stuff. And if you don't have the right stuff, stay out of being an entrepreneur. Because being an entrepreneur, you need to be thick-skinned, you need to believe in yourself, you need to have self-confidence, you need to believe in God or there is no future. Mm. Uh, And the whole story for me uh, is that uh, my first company I started was a real success uh, through acquisition, and uh, I took it public. And that gave me my start. But unfortunately, uh, with a little money in my pocket, I decided to try my luck a second time. 
And the second time didn't work as well as the first time. Mm. And so uh, I lost a lot of money, including my house to the bank. And uh, I would tell you that at that point, if I didn't trust myself and believe in God, I would have been uh, uh, history. So when I got out of that jam in my second company, I started a third company. And that company was raising uh, $5 million to buy an undercapitalized bank. And I became the chairman of that bank and uh, ran that bank for five years before we sold it to a bigger bank. And then I started teaching and I began to even write. And I wrote this book, Entrepreneurial Decision Making, Mm -hmm. and I would suggest that every entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur read the book because there's the first uh, three chapters uh, talk about how that entrepreneur needs to prepare to become an entrepreneur, not the least of which is making sure that entrepreneur, his or her spouse, has the blessing to become an entrepreneur. Because if you don't have your spouse's blessing, you're ground zero before you start. And and that uh, even transfers to family members, mm. because so many family family members will say, you what? You're going to be an <laughs> entrepreneur? You're going to start your own business? Are you crazy? Right. So th- that's part of the dialogue or the rhetoric right in the beginning. And you have to have a good answer for that. You can't just say, well, I'm on a wing and a prayer and we'll see what happens. You have to prepare for it. You have to prepare to put your house and your third kid up for uh, collateral. If you're going to raise money through a bank in the form of a loan, Mm. you have to be prepared to lose those assets of yours Uh, If things go sour and uh, all that has to be discussed ahead of time in your preparation for being an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. it's like a education in and of itself. So you mentioned coming back from, you know, a a very difficult time with your second business. Uh, But then you, you actually started out with a, you know, your first business was very successful. I, I, I guess the question is for those that are thinking about starting a business, I mean, what what's the best place to come from in starting a business? I mean, do you have to have, you have to go through it a couple of times to end up being successful or talk, talk about that to a prospective entrepreneur. What's the, what's the best place to come from when they start a business? Well, in my case, The training ground was I was uh, involved with five major companies that specialized in financing small businesses. Mm. So in interviewing people who already were entrepreneurs in business who came to my company uh, as an employee uh, to borrow money, I learned a lot from them. And, and that was uh, preparation for me to prepare myself 
to go into business for myself. And in, initially, I would interview people and, and get their credit approval because I worked for finance companies. And I would say to myself, if they could do it, why can't I? Mm. And I have the education. Uh, what's keeping me from being an entrepreneur? What's keeping me from controlling my own destiny? What's keeping me from raising a, 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 enough money in my family that I can uh, make it for my kids and get, get them to school and everything else? So I began to challenge myself over uh, the first 20 years of my career. And that challenge translated into me saying one day, I want to go into business for myself. So I took the knowledge of 20 years of interviewing other entrepreneurs and learning from their mistakes and starting my own company. And I think that's why my first company was a success, because I used all of what I learned from others and their mistakes to avoid the mistakes in my own company. Folks, we're here chatting with Ronald R.J. Michelet, and he is with Michelet and Associates. So what what kind of training does a, an aspiring entrepreneur need? And And I guess if you would also dig into just not what they need to know, but mindset because your your book kind of the title of your book gets that mindset when you're talking about entrepreneurial decisions right and how those decisions are made um yes. and mindset is a little different than what you know it's kind of your attitude right so right. yeah so talk uh, give me give us your thoughts on that well if i were and i do advise uh people to how to start a business, because that's number one. Uh, the first thing I would do before I uh, would start a business uh, is that I would get into a networking mode because that is very important to build a network so that before you go into business, you have the support of the network. Mm. And that support includes finance companies, bankers, entrepreneurs that have already started their business and are successful, even ones that are not successful, because like I said earlier, you learn a lot from the ones that fail too. So it's a training ground that uh, intercepts the actual battlefield. So it's just like in the military, I'm a veteran and I went through basic training and you go through basic training so you can survive in battle. And you don't know if you're going to survive in battle until you get into battle. And that's the real test. You don't know if you're going to run like hell from the <laughs> battlefield or right. whether you're going to stick it out and see if you live through it. Mm. So that's the best analogy I could give for uh, being an entrepreneur is that uh, you've really got to, Believe in yourself and hope that you can make it through the battle. And then you learn as you go. You learn how to dodge a bullet. You learn how to avoid a landmine before you stand on it. And that's what you do uh, in the networking fields. You, you really uh, learn 
from other people who have uh, been tested, like myself. So you mentioned the personality test that you advocate. It sounds like you advocate those, and this is a question, not a statement, but it sounds like you advocate those more for understanding yourself than it is understanding whether you're going to succeed or fail. I mean, you don't, as you say, you don't know that till you get into it, but what you can figure out ahead of time is what your own personality is that enables you to, to be successful or to avoid failure. Yeah. What you're made out of. Right. Right. I think, I think we all have to do a self-assessment. I don't even think we should rely on tests or psychologists or psychiatrists or any of those folks to tell us what we already know about us. Mm. And it's what we know about us that drives whether or not we want to follow a particular career, Mm -hmm. whether it's medicine, engineering, or being an entrepreneur. And uh, I have always been uh, basically independent, uh, self-motivated, very key uh, personality trait to be self-motivated, in denial of my weaknesses. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) And uh, with that, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror one day and you say, you know, I just want to be in business for myself. I want to control my own destiny. I don't want to work for somebody else. I don't want to have to wait for them to have a good cup of coffee before they promote me. Mm. You know, those are the things that you don't even come across until you come into the work field and work for somebody else. And so often, you know, you're working for somebody else as I have worked for others and you even wonder how they got their job. So as soon as you start wondering how Mr. X or Miss X gets their job, that's the beginning of the seed to become an entrepreneur is why am I doing this? Why am I working for this guy or gal? Why can't I do this for myself? Mm. Uh, So RJ, what you get involved, uh, particularly when it comes to capital and raising money for businesses. I mean, let's talk about how you raise money for a brand new business, you know, the, the right out of the gate. How does that, how does that work? Well, it begins, like I say in my book, uh, going back to family members and getting their approval for even becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, you borrow money from your dad, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, uh, friends, uh, and that essentially is called seed money. Mm-hmm. And every entrepreneur needs seed money to plant Uh, the seed in the soil in order to grow whatever you're trying to grow. So you really have to have uh, an endorsement from family members once you get their blessing to lend you the money. Now, if that should not happen, then you have to rely on your network and going to your network and telling your network what you want to do that you have a very good idea, that uh, this idea is worth introducing to the marketplace. And you hope that somebody in your network says, 
well, Ron, that's a good idea. I think I'll lend you some money. And, uh, and that's the way it begins. Hmm. You can forget about going to a conventional bank with a startup. Uh, that's just a pipe dream. It, unless, unless you're willing to pledge, like I said earlier, your house or your third kid uh, to cover your dream. Otherwise, you still have to rely on personal investment. Well, and and particularly true with a business where there's no track record off which the bank can uh, base a lending decision, right? And I mean, banks, the rules, you've been a, a chairman of a bank. I mean, the rules on bank lending have gotten much stricter in in recent years over the last 10 and 20 years in terms of being able to lend to emerging companies, right? Well, that's a very good point. And I didn't even uh, visit that arena. Uh, the, the problems with the banks is their uh, restrictions as to what they can loan on, who they can loan to, and, and the amount of the loan. All that is uh, covered by uh, banking law. And uh, even if you're talking to a loan officer that uh, is uh, uh, complimentary to your idea, uh, they still have to abide by the banking law. So, again, that becomes an obstacle. Mm. So when anybody comes to me that says uh, they want to borrow from the bank and uh, I call up a banker friend and say, would you be interested in X, Y, Z? who's developing a ABC. And uh, most of the time, uh, the answer is, yes, what kind of collateral do they have? Right. And, and it, it's, an, it's a foolish question because if the guy is just starting off, he, the company has no collateral. It has no history. So the next question is, well, what kind of personal collateral does the entrepreneur have? Well, he lives in a half a million dollar home and he only owes 300000 Oh, well, that's 200000 that we can use as a pledge against uh, the risk of the loan. And it goes on and on until somebody decides at the banking level that there's enough collateral to cover the risk. Hmm. So, uh, RJ, we, we, let's talk about how you 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 mentioned going to friends and family to start your initial round, if you will, uh, your initial financing to start the business. Um, how does an entrepreneur successfully navigate? Uh, I guess really creating a, a a family relationship that's now also a business relationship, right? I mean, because that can be tough to navigate. So, give advice to entrepreneurs on how to. Um, keep good graces with your family members that you've uh, borrowed money from to start that business. How do you do that? Well, in in uh, in my case, when I decided to become an entrepreneur, I decided that I didn't know enough people uh, to borrow money from because I'd never proven my business skills uh, because I worked for somebody else. 
And unless that uh, somebody else wanted to give me a good recommendation, uh, that was uh, probably an effort that would go for naught. So I decided right from the get-go that instead of trying to finance my own dream, I would go out and buy somebody else's dream. And that meant that I would find a small company, maybe a fledging small company, which I did in the machine shop business, making precision machine parts. And I lucked out, went to this particular uh, company, uh, met a gentleman by the name of Curtis Price, and he had a machine shop. And it was in his garage. Mm. And uh, I said, you know, you've got the beginnings of something that I'd like to build. And I would like to be your partner and uh, see if I can build your business for you because you're too busy machining parts in your business to go out and build your business. And again, luck as it might be, he said, you know, that's a great idea. Mm. And over, you know, months of uh, talk and discussion and uh, working in the machine shop myself, uh, we became good friends. And he said, I like that idea. So I became a partner in the machine shop. So we went from a garage machine shop in three years to 20,000 square feet. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it, it was. It was a good ride. And uh, that company then grew to the point where I began to now acquire other small businesses. Mm. And I didn't stay in the same industry. I acquired businesses in other industries so that I could hedge my bet in case the machine shop industry would flounder. I would have other industries that hopefully would uh, grow. And I did that. And before I knew it, five years into starting my business, uh, I was in four industries and uh, had bought three companies uh, in addition to the machine shop. And that's the comp- that's the group I took public. Now, I'm, I'm really curious about one thing about your purchase of the machine shop, particularly in, in a environment where so many people are oriented toward technology uh, or, uh, you know, uh, medical technology, uh, you know, the, the stuff that you might call whiz bang in a way. Um, you bought a old line machine shop and really turned that into something. And so talk about to prospective entrepreneur, the opportunities that exist in, um, you know, so-called dull businesses where, um, uh, you know, maybe there's not a lot of focus on right now. Well, if somebody comes in to me, uh, and, and thank God many have, uh, and ask me how to uh, get into a business, the first thing I tell them is uh, that what are they good at? And start writing down what you're good at. Are you uh, a good writer? Are you a, uh, uh, a good accountant? Are you good with numbers? Uh are you a people person? Are you a salesperson? What are you good at? And 
that's exactly why I've just introduced two psychologists into my company so we can use proven testing techniques to try to find the character of the would-be entrepreneur that will ensure some probability of success. Mm. And before that, or before I even uh, went to this level, I would just use my instincts. And I've told, uh, I've told would-be entrepreneurs, I don't think being an entrepreneur is for you. Uh, I've said that. I don't think you're ready for that. I think you need to go to work for somebody else. Try going to work for a small company and be on the inside of that small company and assume the uh, role of an owner, even though you're not an owner, to see how you would react. Mm. And several have done that. And then they some have come back to me and said that, you know, they've gone into the uh, marine products business and they really like it and they enjoy it and uh, uh, they want to go into it themselves. And so they've got a ground, they've got the groundwork for that. And that's a better way to ensure success than to just try to come up with a better mousetrap. And people have come to me for that too, mm. a better mm -hmm. mousetrap, especially cooks in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. They are notorious for a new recipe or a new way to open up a restaurant. And they're almost doomed to failure before they start. And again, I tell those folks the same thing. Hey, well, have you worked in a restaurant industry? No. Well, don't you think if you want to open up a restaurant, you ought to try working in one first? Have you been a waiter? Have you been a cook? No. Well, then that's the first order of business is go to a training school, which is on the job training. Mm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, um, so let's, let's talk about when an entrepreneur should take on partners. Say that again. When, when an entrepreneur should take on a partner or partners. Oh, yeah. that's a very good question. Mm -hmm. And that is when he or she recognizes their weakness. A partner should be one that complements the weakness of the initial partnership. So if your person is weak in accounting, the first thing he should do or she should do is assuming that the business is growing and justifies an accountant is hire an accountant. Uh, if a person is uh, strong in marketing and they are, but they started a company that uh, is focused more on numbers, well, then you have to hire a marketing specialist, somebody that is uh, good at marketing, good at selling. In my initial business that I talked about, the first order of business that I recognize is that I'm a, really a lousy salesman. And, and I needed to hire somebody that was a good salesman because I'm not a day-to-day -day sales guy. 
even though I started my career in sales, <laughs> I was not a really good sales guy. The only thing that made me a success were the people that I was interviewing needed me as much as I needed them or, or else I wouldn't have been the success I was. If I were selling yo-yos, I would not have sold better yo-yos. Well, so, if, if I can stop you there, because you just hit on something that I think really harkens back to an earlier point you made that's really, really good, which is what you just reflected was your your understanding of yourself, right? And yes. and, and knowing what you're good at, what you're not good at, and understanding that and, and making sure that you uh, manage your business accordingly, which is what Correct. you were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. You have to you have to manage your business every hour of the day. Mm. And and uh, that goes into the weekend and that go, carries forward into your vacation. And your spouse that might say, can't you ever think of something else besides your business? <laughs> That's when things go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So. To be an entrepreneur, you have to be all things to all people all the time. Mm. So, uh, wow, this has been um, th- this has been great, uh, RJ, and uh, I could keep on talking with you, but I want to cover just a couple more uh, quick points before we let you go. Um, so let's let's give another shout out on your book. So your book is Entrepreneurial Decisions. Entrepreneurial Decision Making. I'm sorry, Entrepreneurial Decision Making. Talk about uh, your book and, you know, the folks that for which this book is a good fit. Well, the book in itself is a how-to manual on how to become an entrepreneur. Mm. So if you want to fly an airplane and become a pilot, you, you buy books on how to fly an airplane. Uh, and this is the same situation. <laughs> right. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you should buy this book because it's 380 pages of my experience mm. on how to be a successful entrepreneur. And this book is available through Barnes & Noble. And it's also available on my website, MitchellAttenAssociates.com. Mm-hmm. So you can buy this book direct. You can buy this book online. Uh, and uh, you can even buy it as a digital book. So I've covered all the bases for learning how to become an entrepreneur through the purchase of this book. And, and I would suggest anybody even though here we're talking and uh, I would suggest to anybody, they buy this book. It's uh, 29 pages. I mean, 20, 29 chapters of good stuff. Mm. And folks, we'll have a, a link to the, to uh, where you can buy the book in the, in the show notes. So you'll be able to find that there. So what, one other quick question, talk about the kind of clients that you work with now. Um, you know, who, what, what kind of clients are a good fit for you? Well, in the beginning, uh, in the beginning, in the beginning, there, there were uh, usually small entrepreneur, would-be entrepreneurs uh, that would come to me 
because I used to teach entrepreneurship at several universities. Mm. I have the rank of uh, adjunct professor, and uh, I've taught entrepreneurship at many uh, major universities. And uh, the way that they first came to me was through my teaching and not through the book, which is because I didn't uh, author a book yet. So they came through my teaching and, you know, students would come to me and say, how do they have an idea? How do they promote the idea? Uh, How do you get in a business? And that's how I started really doing a uh, freebie consulting uh, as a teacher. And then that evolved into the fact that, well, if I'm giving free advice, why don't I charge for it? (laughs) Right. That began the birth of my first uh, stab at a consulting business is to open up uh, many different versions of Mitchell and Associates. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Well, this has been great. And I know that there's something out of here that's uh, uh, our time together that's rung a bell for someone that they want to dive deeper and know a little more. And I would love it, uh, RJ, if you could share whatever contact information you'd like to give folks so they can be in touch. Well, my uh, business telephone number is 612-715-9217. My office is at Calhoun Beach Club, which most local people know, mm-hmm. 300, Suite 300 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55416. Uh, my, uh, my website is com, And my book is Mitchellette, excuse me, my book is Entrepreneurial Decision Making, available at Barnes & Noble. And other than that, I'm not sure how else they want to, they can send me smoke screws. <laughs> Maybe I'll see them. Well, I think I think you've given them enough coordinates that they ought to be able to find you with all that. So that that's that's great. Uh 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 Ronald also also known as RJ Michelette, uh Michelette and Associates. Uh RJ, it's been great to have you on the show. Well, thank you, John, for the opportunity. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, me too, very much. Thank you. Uh folks, just a quick reminder that I would love it and it's by the way, it's not about me and it's not about Business Radio X. It's about our guests, uh, great entrepreneurs, business leaders like RJ. I'd love it if you could go and find our show on your favorite podcast app, wherever you're listening now, and rate and review the show and give us a five-star review. And again, it's not about me. It's about our guests because we want uh, folks that need the services of business leaders like RJ to be able to find the show so they can engage with them. So if you could do that for us, we we would uh, greatly appreciate it. And if you want to see more of the shows that we have um, on the Business Radio X network, you can find us on the web at businessradiox.com. So for my guest, R.J. Mitchellette, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio.